This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who, unlike all the white people in this movie, isn't the worst person you'll ever meet, Ryan Nelson. (laughs) Justin, did we uh, know that Transformers, like a large group of them, were animals? Did I miss a meeting or something? <laughs> I, I think you might have. We'll, we'll talk all about that when uh, we get into this a little bit more. But yeah, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the beast and stuff because there's a, there's a part of the beast that I'll, I've never understood. But we'll get, get in that later. So, uh, you've been listening to the podcast since we started the podcast last year. Thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed it as we talk about the seventh film in the Transformers franchise. Transformers Rise of the Beast. If you are new or irregular and like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. We do, uh, you can go over there and get ad-free versions of our show, so if you don't like listening to the ads, you can go over there and you can sign up for the Patreon and get the show ad-free. There's four different levels you can sign up for, 3, 5, 10, or 20, and all four levels get you the show ad-free. However, if you want bonus content, there are different levels of bonus content, so just uh, go over there to check it out and see what you're interested in. We'd love to have you on as one of our patrons. Uh, when you join up, though, we will shout you out here on the show, and if you want, uh, like I said, if you want that ad-free access, go over to Patreon, and any level will get you the show ad-free. If you can't be a patron, though, and you want to help the show out, we would love for you to do so. You can go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you can give us a five-star rating. Those things help out a whole lot. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you actually gave us a review. The more we get, the more the podcast ends up in the ears of other listeners. So you could help us out a lot by giving us those five-star ratings and giving us a review. We would so very much appreciate it. If you want to interact, though, with the show, we'd love to hear your thoughts, your questions, your comments. We'd love to hear all those things. You can go to mainattractionpod at gmail.com and send us an email. Uh, We'd love, like I said, to hear anything that you would like to add, and we would love to read it here on the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, this is, the, like I said previously, the seventh film in the Transformers franchise. Uh, it is Transformers Rise of the Beast. Uh, before we get started on this movie, what is your history with Transformers? So, uh, I was a kid in the 80s mm-hmm. when these came out. Yes. Uh, uh, engulfed the cartoon. I don't know if I ever really had Transformers, because they were expensive. Yeah, they I were. remember that. And I, don't, and I had a brother that was... Uh, a year younger and I was I came up in a very lower middle class family so stuff like this like I don't remember having transformed so you had a larger family just, too didn't you I had a large family yeah. yes, yes that makes yes. a difference <laughs> so, yes yeah, so I, I don't think I ever had but I you know love the cartoon uh, never I, I think there was a second version of the cartoon in the 90s I was too old and never. that's that was Beast Wars that is where oh, this so comes from this, yeah. so that's I did miss a meeting yes, it was you did. Uh, <laughs> it was called high school and college <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, I was busy yeah uh, and then, uh, go ahead oh, keep going. and then I watched the first movie and loved it right thought it was fantastic then I saw the second movie and I was like that just isn't that's not as good. It's okay. Right. And, and then I remember watching the third movie and I was like, this kind of sucks. It feels like the same thing. And I may have watched one of the Marky Bart movies. Right. I don't, I'm not a hundred percent. And that was it. Yeah. So, all right. So for me, I have a pretty extensive history with Transformers. Me and my brother, like there were only two toys that for the most part we played with. That was Transformers. And it was GI Joe. That was really all we had played with, but Transformers, was top dog in our house. We love Transformers. Uh, the cartoon. I was I was uh, mid eighties, so I'm thinking. I don't remember when the very first episode of the cartoon released in the mid eighties. I was probably five or so yeah. when it came out. Um, 
Yeah, it had to be like 84, 85. Yeah, I was thinking right? like 84, and if that was the case, I would have been like five years old. Um, but it was, like I said, Transformers the top dog. In, yeah, 84. That's what I thought. So, like I said, I was five. Uh, it was the number one toy that my brother and I wanted to play with. We loved Transformers. Uh, we didn't have a ton of them. Just like you said, they were kind of expensive toys. I mean, they were looking. They were probably around twenty dollars on average. I was I was thinking that that they were like twenty dollars. Yeah. And like I said, twenty dollars doesn't sound like that much today, but back in nineteen eighty four, we're talking about a hundred something dollars. Yeah, today. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, uh, it was a big thing. So if I got a new Transformer, now they had they had smaller versions. Like Bumblebee was a smaller toy, so he would he would cost like five bucks or something like that uh but like if you want optimus prime or if you wanted uh megatron or if you wanted one of the big ones it was going to probably be 20 30 bucks and like i said we didn't get those very often those were typically birthday no. presents those were typically christmas presents but uh, over the years and we accumulated a, a few of them and i wish i still had them because they're worth a lot of money oh, right I, bet. I bet i bet optimus prime is oh yeah he, he yeah I'm, i know he is I've, I've seen him go for like on ebay auctions for like five thousand dollars or something like that um wow that's crazy but so that was my history like my, my, my mom and my grandparents uh who would sometimes pick us up from school like they knew after school was over like they kept they couldn't do anything after school we had to go straight home because if we missed transformers it was going to be a bad day for for everybody in <laughs> the house funny. so we had to be home uh, and we had the uh transformers and uh gi joe cartoons back to back yes i know so like i said great time for us as as, as little boys in in the 1980s uh then 1986 the transformers animated movie comes out you got the touch <laughs> you got the touch that's the one uh and they basically decided Decided they were going to make uh, little children cry across the country, oh, yeah. by killing Optimus Prime like in the first fifteen minutes of that film. Uh, but did you ever see that? Uh, I, yes, I did not see it when I didn't go to the theater. I didn't. I don't know if I had just. I would have been ten years old. I don't know. I it was not something. I remember watching it. You were probably as a getting teen. close to that. Like I'm kind of yeah. aging out of this. I can, yeah, I, I can ten o'clock. Ten. I guess I, I would have been. But I remember we watched it uh, jokingly and did like Mystery Science Three Thousand, oh, watching it as a teen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was seven when it came out, so it was 1986. So this was like prime time prior yeah, years yeah. From, for me to watch this so i was all about it uh i've seen it since it's been a, it's probably been 30 years though we bought it on vhs when it came out on vhs i watched it uh loved it i haven't seen it in years probably and, and peter cullen is still the voice yes right? he is yeah peter okay. cullen is still the voice he's still the voice of optimus prime uh but like i said i haven't i haven't seen it in so long yet uh, my, i've been told it holds up well but i, I haven't seen it i need i want to find it eventually and, and watch it again but uh this is also where this is the where they introduce unicron who is in this movie that we're about to talk about uh the big large planet eating transformer uh well we'll, uh, this is the first time he's introduced and basically they like i said they kill off optimus prime and then like they also kill off megatron but i think i think he's actually killed and then unicron like revives him in a different form so they could sell another version of megatron later on uh so like they do all this to to sell new toys is basically what they do but uh but i'm like you when the original live action transformers came out uh the first one done by michael bay i enjoyed it i was scared to death because i thought this is this has the potential to be awful i mean it really did yeah yeah, yeah. and i was really surprised at how much i enjoyed and how much i liked it and the reason why i think i liked it is because michael bay showed some restraint i think i mean i think he he really avoided going full michael bay on that film but he started to go full Michael Bay in the second one and the third one and everyone thereafter. Yeah. And yeah. it just, it got, they got worse and worse. I th- the third one, like you, I watched it. I think it's called Dark Side of the Moon. I think if I'm not that mistaken. That sounds right. It's something that has to do something to do with the moon. And I watched it and I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. I- I'm tapping out. And so was Shia LaBeouf. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, you're Never right. Fox was not even the third one. They had a new girl. Yeah, they he had was a, like, I'm out. Yeah, they had a new girl. Uh, now, when Bumblebee came out, Bumblebee was not done by Michael Bay. Uh, I think the same people who did Bumblebee did this film. And Well, they're producers. It's not the same director. Okay, I wasn't sure about all that. But the, when Bumblebee comes out, I heard really good things about it. I heard it was, I heard it was good, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait, though, until it comes out on video. I'll check it out then. 
And it was. It was a really, really good film. They what they do is they focus on the, they make it they make it small, which is what they should have done for a long time uh, because it basically just focuses on Bumblebee. And the other part of this that makes the other part that makes Bumblebee so good is this is kind of Haley Steinfeld's breakout. Uh, yeah, and she is amazing. Oh. I would. It's hard to say her breakout. She's been around for a while and doing a lot of big things. Yeah, but I don't. True Grit. Uh, she was in that. Uh, she had another movie that was really. Well, big, this is kind of like the thing where she's the star, though. Well, that's true. She's the she's the biggest star. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with you there. Yeah. Like I said, so she gets to be put front and center in in yeah. Bumblebee for kind of the first time at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And she's amazing. If you've seen her do anything, yeah. she's great. She's absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it doesn't make so it makes perfect sense that this movie does really really well. So coming into this, I had hopes. Uh, and I'll just give you my general thoughts. It's a good film. It's not spectacular. It's not the greatest thing ever. Uh, there's a lot of nostalgia with this, and that's one of the reasons why I probably enjoyed it a little bit more probably than most people. Uh, but if you look at the overall reaction, it's there's, there's a lot of people who like it. There's a lot of people who didn't. Uh, and that's just kind of... What I expected, because when you when you talk about this film, we'll talk, we'll get into it a little bit more. I have questions about the beasts because they they're the ones that kind of confuse me the most about the Transformers. Uh, mm -hmm. But we'll get into that in a little bit. So, what are your general thoughts on this one? So this is interesting. So I watched this this I watched this yesterday, and the first hour, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then they went to Peru. Right. And it gets weird. And. I nearly fell asleep multiple <laughs> times because it felt fresh. Yeah, it the did. first hour. I like the '94. I love how they have the East Coast rap. Right, like that's like a big thing. They have you know uh, Wu Tang, uh, Biggie, all the, you know the artists from that era. And I like how it's like you know they're robbing people. They're trying to come right. up from you know from from the the, the hood or wherever right. they're from, whatever their their borough. And then they get to and then when they got to Peru. At first, it was kind of cool when they were racing around the mountain. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so this is kind of like Fast and the Furious mixed with the Transformers. That's kind of cool. And then, like I said, it just got boring. I, I got to say, man, and I know you probably feel the same way. These fights with Transformers, we've seen it. so it, uh, It's so boring. And they had two. This movie's way too long. Yeah, I couldn't. I had to go get a drink, <laughs> and I paused it. I thought I was at the end of the movie. I had another hour. Yeah, and then like I, I could, and then I thought the part where uh, Noah ends up being like a Pacific Rim kind of involved in the fight it was kind of cool, uh, but like, and I also like I like the stars. I thought. Dominic Fishback as Elena and Anthony Ramos as Noah Diaz were really good. I thought they were really good. And they were different than the normal white kids we've seen right. in these roles. So I thought that was interesting. But I'll tell you another thing that was disappointing. I went and watched Bumblebee afterwards. Did you? Bumblebee is good. Yes, it is. It's really fantastic. It I really is. I was disappointed in this movie because they had the right idea. Because I didn't. the trailer for Bumblebee does it really show what the movie is no you're right it is a 1987 mm -hmm. teen movie it is mm -hmm. like john hughes yeah like it's a throwback except there's transformers and the transformers don't take over the movie mm -hmm. they're around the family that she has is hilarious oh yeah the stuff that's going on john cena is not cheesy like a lot of these transformer people like military people are right they started out this is why you could tell the same people involved because they started out with the same thing at the beginning of Rise of the Beast because it's like the '90s movies that were there were these black directors like John Singleton. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the guy who did Juice. There were the, the those movies. It started out like those, and the Transformers are in there. I don't know why they left New York. Because Transformers in New York, even if you're not destroying the Twin Towers or the Empire State Building, you can do some cool stuff just yeah, them ra racing through New York. I don't know why they didn't leave New York. I mean, I, I don't know why they left New York. Right. Because if they'd have stayed in New York, I think it would have been similar. Also, Bumblebee was very funny. I'm going to tell you right now, I normally don't mind Pete Davidson. I wanted to strangle his character. When he went away, I thought it was a benefit to the movie. He was 
horrible. That's probably the only horrible. place where I didn't like. Normally, I don't like Pete Davidson, but actually, I didn't mind him in this. Uh, and maybe See, that's so funny because I like him normally. I, that may be why we're different. Maybe that. maybe it is, and may, the part of it is, and part of it could just be the nostalgia for me kicking in with with this because Mirage was. If he wasn't my favorite Transformer growing up, he was pretty darn close to it. Um, I love Mirage. I thought he was cool. I thought he was funny. Uh, and like I said, I thought for the most part, he kind of, Pete Davidson kind of got the the vibe okay. of, of Mirage. Uh, so like I said, that's maybe why I, yeah. I was able to tolerate him a little bit more. Because yeah, I will say this. If you didn't like him in this movie, I can understand why. Because it's a pretty over-the-top voice acting performance very, from, from Pete Davidson. Very over-the-top. He had multiple jokes. He had one that should have worked. Which one was that? When when Noah calls him his work friend, and he says, work friends, but you were inside me. <laughs> and, like, you know, there's sexual in the end right. there. But he does not deliver it that way. No, he does. Like, he didn't deliver it that way. Well, and I was like, why didn't he deliver it that way? Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, he didn't sell that. There's a Marky Mark joke, which I'm assuming is supposed to be like an Easter egg to Mark Wahlberg. Is in these so, movies. Yeah. But like, you know, 1994, I'm a teen. I, we didn't give one dang about Marky Mark and the fucking bunch breaking up. Like, right. you know, like, so the, there were weird jokes like that. Also, Danny Rojas is in this movie. Yes, when, he when is. When he says something, I was like, oh, man, this this should be fun. He barely says anything. Yeah, it, it, they, they should have used him more because I was like, give me a football is life like Easter egg or something like that. I know, or, but like, like he's a really great voice. Yes, he does. Like, yeah, I yeah. heard it was like, is that Danny Rojas? And I looked and it's like, yeah, it's Danny Rojas. Uh, yeah. All right. So my general thoughts, like I said, I've, I think I probably liked it a little bit more uh, than than you did. I did. I've, I kind of had the same feelings in terms of like when it goes to Peru, it, it definitely goes down a few notches. Mm -hmm. uh, it, yeah. I, I really, truly believe that. Uh, when it's in New York, I think it's great. Uh, I, I, I was impressed in New York. I yeah. really was. And I think one of the things I think they do, I think they do, they're smart because like you said, they're trying to kind of do the same thing they did with Bumblebee. They're trying to focus a little bit on the humans. They're trying to focus on a little bit on their stories. And that's, I think, a smart move because one of the things that you said, you know, about the the Transformer fights being boring, part of the problem with the Transformer fights, and this has been a problem since Michael Bay did this, and it's not a problem in the cartoon, but it's so difficult to tell who is who when they're right. fighting. And a part yes. of and one of yeah. the reasons it's easier to tell in the original cartoon is because it is so much more colorful. And you can see yes. who yes. everybody is. When you're doing this live action and you're doing this CG, like the colors are so much more muted, you can't really tell right. who is who when they're fighting. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why the first Transformers kind of works is because they didn't have a whole bunch of them in it. Right. And in this one, they've got a lot of Transformers in this film. It's got a great voice acting cast. If you go look at... It does. Absolutely, man. Peter Dinklage, yeah, Michelle Yeoh, Ron Perlman. Yeah, so you've got... And then you got Peter Cullen as the original uh, Optimus yeah. Prime, who is just absolutely... I mean, he is the voice of Optimus Prime. If, when yeah. they, if they ever... If he passes away, if he ever decides he's not going to do this, I don't know that you can do Transformers anymore, because it's going to be really hard to get somebody uh, to... Right. to play that and not people and people think that's yeah. that's just not optimus and, prime and let's you know if they'd have kept with noah's brother story right like and have the young brother because they had him somewhat involved like if he'd have been involved with new york and had his mom is a very good actress right. she was a lead on dexter yeah. like she's in one scene i'm like we could have yeah. used her more you could have found some you know comedian to be for in, in new york right like because i actually like what was his friend's name rick i thought he was hilarious yeah i thought he was funny no, like <laughs> we could yeah I, I think i think getting away from new york was such a mistake yeah the only thing i didn't like about the brothers story is i thought they were that was them i thought they were going too hard for because the first the bumblebee like we talked about a second ago it's it's a pretty sentimental film uh it's got a lot yeah. of that i think they were trying too hard with the sick sickle cell kid brother i that's part of it like i said it kind of worked but it really felt like we really wanted to hit those heartstrings we're really they seemed like they were trying right. a little too hard for for that uh yeah, yeah. i didn't it, it wasn't a huge problem but like i said the it just felt really really forced like all right we know what worked in the in bumblebee so 
let's really try those things again. And it, like I said, that's kind of one of the feelings I got when I watched this film. Like I said, I, for the most part, I enjoyed it, but yeah. there was a definite feel of we are trying really hard to do what we did in Bumblebee. And when you're making a film, if you're trying that hard, it's not going to come across as well as you might like for it to come across. Uh, yeah, but I really think... So obviously they're going to do another one of these. Because oh, yeah. this one, it didn't make a ton of money like the Bumblebee, but it right. made... It, did well especially overseas oh yeah and that, like, they, they, these go, movies always do well that's where they get their monies overseas i mean so if you go to the late 90s or the early 2000s because the last movie the the shalabas starts in 2007 right. like you can do there were all those teen comedies from yeah. the late 90s yeah. you know you could make it in that world and it could work they had the right idea they did they had the right idea but mm. they, uh, and it just uh who knows if the studio got involved like because I was looking at the 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 guy that was director. He he's done some good stuff, and like yeah, I, don't know, I, I think he had a good idea. But I I have a feeling he was he, he, they made him do some stuff that he probably wasn't wanting because I, I really like I said I re- I keep going back to this. I like the New York part. Right. I, Anthony Ramos is really good. Yeah, like and he is a award winning theater actor, most known from Hamilton in the mm-hmm. Heights. I would have loved for them to, like, when he's reading the dialogue, you know he had to be, like, looking at his check with all the zeros and, like, <laughs> okay, it's working. Right. <laughs> it's working. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, he's about to be at uh, Marvel. Oh, is he? Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, which one? I missed What's that. What's the TV show that comes out next year? He's one of the main leads. One of the ones that comes out next year. Uh, I know Daredevil comes out next year. I know. No, it's not Daredevil. It's Wonder one with Man? a lot of people. What's that? Wonder Man? Ironheart. Ironheart. Oh, okay, he's going to be an Ironheart. He's Parker oh, Robbins the Hood. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't even realize that. I, guess, I think I remember hearing that, but I didn't realize that that's who this was. Yeah. So, All right, tell you what, let's take a real quick break, and then let's kind of get into some specifics right. on this film. All right, so uh, well, the thing I mentioned at the very beginning, uh, if you're a white person in this film, except for Michael Kelly, if you're yeah, a white person in this film... I was so happy to see him. <laughs> I know, I was too. Uh, if you're a white person in this film, you are the worst person ever. <laughs> I thought it yeah. was really, really, really funny. Like, well, There wasn't a lot of white people. There were, like, but if you think about it... like, uh, like The guy who tried to get a job with... He was awful. Yeah, the girl that was stealing from uh, Elena. Yeah, the woman, the, the boss, the boss, and then you've got the oh, the doctor, the the hospital administrator who kicks out the the yeah, the dying child yeah. with sickle cell anemia. Right, right, yeah. uh, so, like I said, the, they're the absolute you worst. <laughs> Leslie Stahl was on here for sixty minutes. Thank God for her and Michael Kelly. Uh, that's right, because that was about it. Uh, you're right, though. That is, you're right, <laughs> especially the. The security guy, he's like, I talked to you. Like, most people would not, like, the guy's a veteran. You right. would hire him anyway, you know, especially, like, it was like a, a low-stakes security jobs. Like, your, your officer thought you could be lazy at times. Like, what? Right, exactly. He says you're not a team player. Like, I, I can't imagine, like, that would have ever happened in no, the real no. world. But nevertheless, yeah. uh, like I said, then that just kind of shows how awful a person this dude is. So, yeah, uh, yeah. But like I said, I just thought it was funny that, you know. All, it is funny. <laughs> that. I didn't even notice that, uh, you know, but that's that's good, man. I like that they went for some diversity. Yes, I know a lot too. of people don't want to do that, but it was different. It was. Like, it was very different. Yeah, it was It was good, though, you know, because, like I said, it was it was, it was was a throwback to those early 90s movies yeah, that were was. like this. Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. was. That was Good thing. All right, so let's talk about some of let's just talk about uh, some of the some of the different types of transformers and some of the different plot lines we got. Uh, it starts off with Unicron, who is a mega large one of the he's the largest transformer that's ever been created in the universe. Uh, like and, I said, and that voice by the fantastic actor Coleman Domingo, if yeah. you've ever seen him before. Yeah, he's really good. And he's really good. And like he doesn't do much yeah. in this, but nevertheless, he, he provides a... Well, his voice. Yeah. He is a, just a, so much gravitas in his voice. And it, it helps for this t- for this character. Uh, but Unicron is, like I said, he is the, the large planet-eating uh, Transformer that is in this. That's what seems like they're going to be building towards him kind of being a Thanos of a Transformers universe. It really feels like that's what the, the road they're going down, mm-hmm. especially here towards the end of this. Yeah. Um, what'd you think about Unicron? Loved it. I thought, you know, really, really great villain. You know, he was scary. He was yeah. intimidating. 
Yeah, and look, I got really excited because I didn't realize Unicron was going to be in this thing. And when I saw him, I got really excited because I immediately uh, flashed back to 1986, sitting, sitting in the movie theater in 86 and watching uh, Unicron devour planets in that 1986 film. So I got really excited. My, my understanding is Unicron is mentioned in some of the Marky Mark films, uh, but I, I haven't seen them, so I don't know. <laughs> you know, I was the one who called it Marky Mark. Maybe we should stop that. He de- he deserves His name is Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. I always I, I can never remember his last name. Well, so they called him Marky Mark in this. So yeah, they did. Uh, but yeah, he supposedly mentions he is mentioned in those films. I don't know that for certain because, like I said, I've oh, not yeah. seen the Mark Wahlberg. Let me films. ask you a question real quick because uh-huh. I tried to look this up and I couldn't find anything. So obviously, they've been, Transformers have been seen in '87 and '94. Does that get mentioned in the 2007 movie? No. At all? Well, that's I'm glad you mentioned that because we do need to talk about that. And that's kind of the weird space that this entire thing is in because originally when Bumblebee was done, they said this is basically kind of like a, re- a reboot, a restart, and like all the other stuff wasn't going to count. And now it's kind of like, well, maybe uh, this, maybe this. These two films are going to kind of lead towards those films. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that they really know. For some reason, I remember some voiceover in the first movies like the Transformers have been here a thousand years and they've been hiding in the shadows or something yeah. like that, right? Is it that? I think so. It's been a while since I've seen that first one, yeah. so I'm not, I don't remember exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's nobody really seems to understand where this film and Mumblebee kind of fit in the okay. timeline. We're all kind of confused about that. I don't know if they're ever going to really truly uh, work <laughs> sorted out, to be perfectly honest with yeah. you, either. So, but we'll see. Um, but like I said, Unicron, the introduction of him, the introduction of the beasts and uh, the Maximals, as they are called, the good guys, and the Terracons, I liked it. But here's the issue I have with the beasts, and this is the thing that I've never really understood about the beasts, because you were like in probably late high school, early college. I was probably early high school or mid high school when Beast Wars came out. I never saw it. I never watched it. You never saw it. You never watched it. Uh, I'd kind of gr- gotten past that point and. The animation was supposedly terrible. Look, some people swear by the stories. They love those stories from the Beast War, uh, from the Beast War mm-hmm. cartoons during the the mid nineties. Uh, but they will also tell you that the, the animation sucked on it. Look, I never understood Beast Wars because the whole point of Transformers is they are robots in disguise. That like when right, Optimus right, Prime right. transforms, he looks like a semi. When, yeah. <laughs> when Mirage transforms, uh-huh. he looks like a Porsche. I mean, that's what they they actually look like the real thing. When uh, Optimus Primal transforms, he looks like a giant mechanical ape. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't look like the they actual look- thing. Awful. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I. I. I don't blame the animations issue. I think it's the the idea. Yeah. The you know uh, Michelle Yeoh uh, was an air razor. Yeah, air razor. Mm-hmm. Looked awful. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's the way they're supposed to look. That's the thing. I mean, uh, and yeah, that, I'm it, with you. It's, it's not a good concept. Yeah, you I can do better. I don't like the concept at all. I've never understood the concept of beast of, of the Maximals and the Terracons. And look, I, I I see why you inject this because there is a section of the fans that love the story of the of. Yeah, I, I mean, this is the cartoon that some kids grew up with that right. are now you know forty years old. Right, exactly. So, like I said, I I get that, but I never have understood the concept because they just yeah. you, when you see. Air Razor, you don't think, oh, that's an eagle. You think that's a giant right. mechanical robot. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. like I said, I, I've never understood the concept of them. I but. feel bad for this group of people because you and I beat up on them quite a bit because they like this in the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> you're correct. You're, you're yeah. correct. We, we don't mean to beat we, up on you. We really we don't. We don't mean to. Uh, we're we're old people now. So. Yeah, we are. Sadly, but yeah, sadly we are old people. But uh, like I said, uh, the concept is weird. I don't get the concept. Yeah. I think the voice performances by all these people are great. Peter voice, Dinklage, the voice is good. Yeah, Peter Dinklage is great as um, oh, yeah. uh, Scourge. He's he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I thought Michelle Yeoh as mm-hmm. uh, Air Razor is great. Uh, who played uh, Optimus? What's his name? Um, Optimus Ron Prime. Perlman. Yeah, Ron Perlman is always fantastic every time yeah. he shows up in something. So, But he had a nice, like, similar to Peter Cullen, but a little different, too. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Perlman was changing his voice towards, like, what Peter Cullen was right. doing. So they did a really good job. And really, Dinklage was sort of on the same wave, but more villainous. And, yeah. you know, in the Cullen-esque 
uh, it's funny that this guy, uh, everyone's copying his voice, but they really are. Yeah, and, and that's what you need to do. I mean, you need to try yeah. to get something that sounds like him because it is such an iconic voice, and it is, it is so right. Uh, it's so I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Uh, it just it it's so attached iconic. to iconic. Iconic. Thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah. It's with Transformers and everything that revolves around Transformers. Uh, one of the things I thought. Well, let me ask you this before I give my opinion on it. Optimus Prime. He's got an he's an inter, in an interesting place in this film. What did you think of the portrayal of Optimus Prime in this? Okay, so. I liked him because I'm a diehard Prime fan, but right. what, what's what's the interesting he's, part? The reason I say it's interesting is because he's not like the completely valiant, noble guy in in okay. this. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, he's kind of like, all right, we're just looking out for ourselves. We're not looking out for anybody yeah. else. I'm just looking out for my Autobots that are stranded on this planet. Uh, you know, we're going to go get this MacGuffin, this time warp key uh so we can do everything we can to get back to the humans even though this might end up bringing uh bringing unicron to this planet i don't really care i just want to get our guys off this planet so like i said he, he doesn't yeah. trust the humans at this point he, he doesn't want anything to do with them that's the interesting part to me because that's he's he's never really been portrayed he could have been portrayed like this in the last night i think he's like the villain or something but i never saw it so i can't really speak to it but i thought it was, it's a different portrayal that we've seen about yeah, this prime in this i can see that too it also it felt like he was getting ready to sacrifice himself. Like, cause I was like, well, obviously you don't die. Cause we see right. you in 2007, <laughs> That's right. but like, it kind of felt like they were leading. And that was another thing. And I was, I was reading some of the complaints and I was like, that's a good point because they make this dramatic tension that Optimus Prime and Bumblebee die. It's like, well, we know they don't. They're right. in the 2007 movie. Exactly. Now, now, granted, you just told me that they may not be canon. But, right. So, I know. That's but the other still, issue. Yeah. I, I, you, could, you can't kill them all. No, you can't. You know, and this one, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I did think, I'm with you, though. He had a different, like, like. And he comes the, around eventually. That's obviously, yeah. that's kind of the whole arc of, the, of his story, so. But I just remember so much of, like, we can't, like, I'm thinking of the 2007 movie, and I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember him, like, being, well, he kind of, well, no, nah, he's not really much in Bumblebee. It was like, we can't destroy their city. We can't right. destroy their planet. So, yeah, he doesn't have as that aspect of him as he normally does. Yeah. That, that's a good call by you. Yeah, like I said, I just thought it was, it was just, that's one of the things I did think find interesting about this is just the way that they have Prime, who is, look, it's a younger version of Prime, and, like, it, and, Optimus Primal even mentions this when they first meet because he says, you know, I was named after yeah. you. And there, he's having a conversation, I guess, with Air Razor, maybe. Uh, you know, he's not. He, he tells her, you know, this isn't who I thought we, he would be. Mm -hmm. he's, he's not. He's not the noble guy that that I envisioned. And uh, yeah. they the, they kind of had this heart to heart about, you know, if you were in his shoes, you know, would, you might be the same or, or something like that. So, like I said, I just thought it was an interesting take on uh, the character for for this film because it's. It's not something that we've really seen from him. Like I said, I haven't seen The Last Night. I have no idea. I know he's there, like, fighting him. I don't know what's going on with him in that one. I don't care to go watch it and find out because uh, I heard him, that one's just terrible. But, uh, like I said, I just thought it was just a different way that they portrayed him in, in this one. Um, and it is crazy that there's seven of these. Oh, yeah. They're there. There's because next I time mean, we're, we're hitting like Freddy Krueger and Friday the, yeah, night, the Friday the 13th level. We are. We're, we're getting close to that, to that point. So, uh, and I mean, like I said, Bumblebee is the sixth one and it's not a true regular Transformers because not everybody's in it, but it's still a Transformers movie. So, yeah, yeah. uh, but yeah, like I said, I just thought that was an interesting way that they portrayed him. Uh, it's like you said the new york stuff works really well i liked the scene where they're at the museum and they're all yeah. fighting to try to get i thought that was actually a pretty a decent fight scene for I, a transformers film um I, and i like and i like reek like from a holistic perspective they we're helping these charities out by robbing them i was like yeah man, <laughs> that's I right <laughs> yeah that's right you just gotta look at them from, from the right perspective so yeah. um like I said, so there was a lot of good things. It's when it gets to Peru, it gets it. They they take it too big. You get all these mm -hmm. little tiny uh, like soldier transport terracons that they create, right. and it's just the cheetah and all this stuff. Yeah. So like I said, well, I'm just talking about like the what the terracons that all the just oh, the, the kind like of generic the spider. Ones. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all yeah. the generic ones that they the they unleash to try to stop the and, Autobots. And that's all. 
that is a whole hour. Yeah, it's an it's, hour of that. It's a long, long part of this entire movie, and it just kind of goes on and on and on forever. Uh, and it just takes forever to completely unwind. This is where you start to lose interest, and this is the problem that they have going going with this. Now, the one thing that you mentioned earlier, when he goes, when he kind of gets into that suit, and mm-hmm. uh, what was the parallel you gave? I, I forgot. Um, Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. I think what they were doing, I think, I have not been able to find any confirmation about this, but there was a version of the Transformers that came out uh, towards the end of the times when I stopped kind of playing with the toys, but I was still playing a few of these. They were called Headmasters. And the Headmaster toys were basically, and they used some of these in, in the later in the later 80s version of the cartoon, where basically they, they were humans who could like, go in who would like operate inside the transformer when they were in the robot form and they kind of like had a symbiotic relationship that they would like operate keyboards and do all this other stuff uh but when they transformed into the car the plane the helicopter whatever it may be they would like pop out through and they would go like through the head of the transformer and that would be an exosuit that they wore and they would like then operate inside the vehicle portion of it as well i think that yeah. is what they were doing here. I'm not 100% positive, but it kind of felt that way. So I, I like that. I thought that helped. Uh, had that come into play earlier right. in the Peru stuff, it probably would have got more of my attention. Right. But I, I, th- I thought it was at least beneficial. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was too. Like I said, I, I, and I never could get a conference because I did a lot of Googling on this to find out if they were actually doing the Headmasters uh, with with Noah's character here, and I never could get any confirmation. I had a few other people speculating about it on Reddit, and nobody could ever seem to find it come to a, con- a clear conclusion if that was the case. But it's what it really, really felt like. Um, obviously, this is this is the big moment at the end when. Optimus Prime is trying to sacrifice himself for everybody else to get away, and Noah comes up and tries to save him because the two have been at odds throughout the entire movie. Yeah, and you know this is the coming together moment, and then Bumblebee—I think it was Bumblebee—that comes over and no, it was uh, who was it that then came over and helped both of them? Was it Bumblebee? I thought it was Bumblebee too. I think it, it is. Was... Yeah, it is. It's Bumblebee. Uh, and look, because he's back. Yeah, he's back because. He ends up getting revived. We all knew he wasn't going to be dying. Yeah. Now, I will say this. the One of the fun parts of the Peru scene is when Bumblebee is reintroduced into the fight. I thought that was a yeah. really fun scene. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I thought that was good, too. Yeah, I, I like that. But just, Bumblebee's just one of the great Transformers characters. I mean, it's yeah. him and Optimus Prime. They're like the two icons. Uh, yeah, and you know, going back to the Bumblebee movie, I really like Dylan O'Brien's voice work mm-hmm. as Bumblebee. I kind of thought... Kind of takes away when he loses his voice. Yeah, I've, that's the one of the things I don't like. They did this in the very first Transformers film, and I hate the fact that they because they have now decided to do this for every Transformers film. He lost his voice in the first one when he makes the trip to Earth, and he hasn't had his voice since. Like so that when they did Bumblebee, they gave him his voice for a little bit, but again, he makes the trip to Earth, he loses it there, and they do the radio thing. Yeah. I, I, I wish they would just let him talk. <laughs> uh, uh, me too. I me really too. do. I wish they would just let him talk, but um, I don't know that we're ever going to get that. So, uh, All right, so, like I said, good moments, bad moments, there's a lot of those yeah. in, in this film. When we get to the end, and Michael Kelly shows up, what... What were you I knew it was coming. I knew. It was did coming. you see? As I did not. I had no clue. Well, I you had. I think it was from you mentioning something was happening, and I could just tell a sequel was coming. And uh, like uh, I, I, I could just feel that, that this was that there was about to be GI Joe or some kind of other toy. Yeah. Well, when Michael Kelly first was like, "Oh crap! All the white people have been bad. He's going to be an awful person too." Uh, <laughs> like that was my first fear. Like, don't make Michael Kelly be a, a horrible human yeah. being. Uh, but it becomes pretty clear that when he's talking to him, he's like, uh, "You know, they know more than what they're letting on." And obviously, there's some secret go- secret government organization. Now, I didn't know what they were going to say. Like I said, they've never done any. They've never even hinted at like doing a crossover between, yeah. between GI Joe and Transformers. So. This isn't even on my radar, but when he puts down that card that says G.I. Joe, seven-year-old Justin just <laughs> exploded when he Did you saw screaming, Yo, Joe? <laughs> just about. Uh, like I said, I, when I saw that, I was like, oh my goodness, they're doing this. And like I said, a movie that I mostly enjoyed, but I 
it was it wasn't always the easiest viewing experience i immediately became excited and look the previous gi joju movies have sucked i mean yeah, yeah. they yeah, have been awful so look michael kelly being part of this that gives me a little bit of hope I, I, that, that's helpful yeah i feel like that's a that's a good way to go i think that's a great casting for for this mm-hmm. uh, he can mm-hmm. kind of be like a nick fury for gi joe uh absolutely he could be so like i said I'm really kind of, I'm really hopeful. I got really excited. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for this. And these franchises need each other right now. They really do. They're stale. I did think the Snake Eyes movie was not that bad. I I enjoyed it. it. I haven't seen that one, so. But yeah, like I said, I got so excited when I saw that G.I. Joe. I was like, over the virgin this because like i said this is this is seven-year-old me getting the my gi joe toys my transformer toys yeah. making them play together whether or not they had anything to do with each other it was right. absolutely fantastic so like i said i was excited as i could be when he drops that gi joe card and then they open up the back and you see like the really high-tech ships and planes i'm like yes right I am yeah. here for this. It might suck, but I will definitely be there whenever they make it, this it, film. It will be worth watching for sure. That's if right. they if they nailed the casting, oh yeah, which they did in the other movies. Yeah, they did. They they they, they nailed another in the other movies, but the movies are just so bad. Yeah, they are. So they're terrible. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with this? You know, like I said, uh, I. Anthony Ramos, uh, I hope they keep him around, and uh, I hope this G.I. Joe Transformers crossover happens. Uh, I, 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 I think they got the right idea. I they nailed they it with Bumblebee. They they were halfway there here, and I think I think they would have. I think they're going to learn from their mistakes here, and I think the next one's going to be good. Yeah, I, I think you're right. So, all right, uh, then shall we move on to our awards? Let's do it. All right, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we are wrapping up a season of a television show or a movie, we give out six awards, all based on the six characters of Friends. Up first is the Rachel, the star of the show or the movie. Who is your Rachel for Transformers Rise of the Beast? I put uh, Anthony Ramos as Noah and Optimus Prime. Okay. I went with Anthony Ramos and I went with uh, Dominic Fishback because I really think they wanted the humans to kind of be the heart and center of the story, so I I went with those. Too, but I she can, was really good. We yeah. probably haven't talked about her enough. I no, thought she did a fantastic right. Yeah, I thought she was really good too. Uh, I think they didn't have the first clue is what to do with her once they got to the big fight. Right. <laughs> that was the problem. And that's another reason. I know I keep saying it. Another reason to, to not leave New York. Yeah, it's a, it, you're, you're correct about that. So, all right, your Joey, the character you just enjoy or just love, who's your Joey? I went with Dominic Fishback here as Elena, and I went with Bumblebee. Okay, I didn't even think about putting Bumblebee on one of these because he wasn't in it for so much. But I went with Peter Collins' Optimus Prime here because, uh, he, look, Optimus Prime, he, he's an icon, and I love him. So Yeah, absolutely. All right, your Chandler, the person who made you last the most. Reluctantly Mirage. <laughs> like I said, I like... And, and I put Reek. I, I thought Reek was funny. I didn't the, think about Reek. The, the time he had on him, yeah. the screen, he was funny. Yeah, I look, like I said, I like Pete Davidson's performance of Mirage. And like I said, part of that could just be the fact that I, lo- I loved Mirage. He was one of my favorite Transformers mm-hmm. growing up. Uh, this is the first time they've ever used Mirage. As far as I know, they may have used him yeah. in some of those later films uh, that I never yeah. actually did see. But this is the first time they used him. I, I, like I said, I thought Pete Davidson really got the vibe of of Mirage. Maybe you know, I'm not remembering this co- this character and Pete Davidson. Maybe knowing this. I, I'm a, usually a Pete Davidson apologist, which is surprising <laughs> that I don't like this performance. Yeah, and look, he can, look, Mirage the character could be annoying. Like, he annoyed Optimus Prime throughout multiple times in this film. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the point of of the character is yeah. he's supposed to just kind of be great on you a little bit while he's cracking all these jokes and stuff. All right, Phoebe. Who is your Phoebe? Uh, I went with the Maximals because they're just weird. I went with all the bases as well. We went the same road on this one. Yeah. <laughs> just because yeah. I, I don't understand how they're supposed to work. I mean, they just, yeah. like I said, I mean, if they looked like real animals, <laughs> that would be one thing, but they don't look mm-hmm. like real animals. So, yeah. uh, the Monica, the character who's just kind of an important part of the story, who'd you go with? I went with, uh, Noah's younger brother, uh, Chris. That's a good one. I probably could have gone that way just because I wanted to, just because I got so excited about the end, I put Michael Kelly as Agent Burke. <laughs> uh, like I said, so I went that down that road for it because I can't wait to see what they Putting do. Michael Kelly in a ward is never a bad thing. <laughs> You're correct about that. All right, the Ross, your least favorite character. 
the just the Terracons. Yeah, the Terracons in general. Uh, yeah. Specifically, if you want to go Peter Dinklage's Scourge, you can. Uh, yeah. Just because he's... I don't know if... Did they have, like... Did the rest of them ever talk? I don't remember if the other ones talked. I think they did, but I don't remember. Yeah, I think they did, too, but they, they weren't... Um, I don't remember them as much. Yeah, I don't remember them as much either, so... All right, so rating time here on the Main Attraction Podcast. We have a five-tier rating system. At the top of our list is a succession. Beneath the succession is a lost. Middle of the road for us is a friends. Beneath the friends is a full house. Bottom of the barrel for us is a Baywatch. What are you giving Transformers Rise of the Beast? First half of this movie is a clear loss. Second half is a friends. I would do a friends over... Uh, I'm just going to go with the friends. I think... If the second half hadn't lasted so long, right. I could still stick with the loss. But it was a full hour of you know of the Peru part, and they right. really wasted you know the momentum. They had it. They had what they were looking for in New York, and they made a mistake leaving. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It's somewhere between a friends and a lost. I, I'm going to go ahead and give it a loss just because there's a lot of nostalgia with this that mm-hmm. I enjoyed. Uh, like I said, and just the excitement I have for whatever might come after this, whatever G.I. Joe, Transformers yeah. crossover. Like I said, it, it gets me excited. I don't know what they'll do with it, but it does excite me. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a very, probably the lowest possible loss I've ever given anything. Uh, <laughs> it's it's barely creaking by there, but it's, it's, it's yeah. there, so... Uh, all right, so that wraps up our coverage of Transformers Rise of the Beast. Before we sign off on this film, though, we do want to give some recommendations, some things that we have watched that we would like to pass along to you, our listeners. You got anything for us this week? Yeah, yeah, I got a couple. Uh, Special Ops Linus on uh, Paramount. Uh, Paramount Plus. Oh, also, shout out Paramount Plus. A really good. Yeah, that's uh, why we decided service. to do this, by the way, is because yeah. it was released recently on Paramount Plus. They always get movies and stuff. So, but uh, special op Linus, uh, the new Taylor Sheridan show, uh, starring Zoe Zaldana, Nicole Kidman, Michael Kelly, yeah. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. I know you tried to, but you can't yeah. get into Sheridan. Uh, I thought this one had something that the other military type shows don't have. Zoe Zaldana's issues at home with her family mm-hmm. really took over. A good bit, and I really enjoyed it. Okay. I was surprised how much Dave Novelli is a actor that's playing her husband. He's like a doctor, and he's having to deal with everything at home. Right. He does a fantastic job, and uh, I really liked it. Uh, Nicole Kimmon, I'm not sure what she was doing besides <laughs> a paycheck. Uh, you really, but like they set it up where there's more to come, and Michael Kelly again. It kind of looks like they're setting up for him to do something in right. this world. So Michael Kelly, we've, we've seen him in Jack Ryan. They're yes, kind of passing it off to him, and it's two other franchises. So yeah. you know, and I can see why, man. He's just very capable. But I, I would, I would recommend it. Uh, th- there's something there. Also, I watched a couple of things on Hulu. Uh, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago how to blow up a pipeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually really enjoyed this. Yeah, it's good. This is a heist movie. Yeah, it is. Mm. Don't do not worry about the politics. Right. Just go into this thinking this is a heist movie. And they do a good job of explaining everyone's reason for going in on the heist. I thought it was really good and creative. I love the ending. Uh, it, it is worth watching How to Blow Up a Pipeline. It's on Hulu. Also, watch another Hulu movie to catch a killer. With Shailene Woodley yeah. and uh, Ben Middleson. I enjoyed it as well. It's about try- they're trying to track down a uh, a serial killer in, uh, I think it was in Baltimore. Uh, it was enjoyable. It's a straight to Hulu movie. I, you know, it's one of these ones that it's going to get lost, but uh, it was enjoyable. So to catch a killer if you have all, if you have Hulu. And then the last one, I watched uh, Who is Aaron Carter on netflix. netflix i've heard of that i want to watch it I yeah watched it I, I really enjoy this it's about a woman who is a teacher in spain and she has to stop a robbery and of course she's not really a teacher right. her past comes back to haunt her it's enjoyable it's yeah. not you know if you want to watch something that you can kind of have i think it it went i think it's a few episodes too long but it's still a fun watch and you know you can be playing on your phone and watch it at the same time and enjoy it. So yeah, I would watch it. Who is uh, Aaron Carter? Oh, After Party. The finale was last week. Oh yeah, I got, that's one of the one I gotta get, it, get caught it's on. It's really good. Check it out. After Party Season 2. I love how they wrap it up. 
I'll, you know what? I don't care what the if if it gets silly. <laughs> Find Sam Richardson in another murder and bring Tiffany <laughs> to solve it. I don't care. Keep this franchise going. All right. Uh, I've only got one this week. I haven't had a lot of time to watch a whole lot of stuff, but I did uh, go ahead and purchase uh, on Video in the Van. I purchased uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Look, okay. it's... If you like if you like Spider Verse, check this film out. It's 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 not quite on the same level as Spider Verse. I'm not going to say it's 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 all the way there, but it's darn near close. It's okay. just it's just absolutely phenomenal. It's one of the best things that I think. One of the what makes this movie so very very good is for the first time in any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles property, they went out and they got four people ages 15 to 20 to voice the turtles who are actually teenagers and they're they are actual they sound like teenagers instead yeah. of sounding like 30 year old men doing voices right right uh and look if you look at the voice cast for this thing you've got jackie chan you've got ao edabiri uh you've got john cena you've got uh, the guy who created what's his name um uh, Seth Rogen. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Uh, you've got Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. You've got the woman Rose from. Uh, we got Rose Byrne. You got the woman from. Uh, Shad- uh, what we do in the shadows. She's in it. Uh, Nausea. Yeah, Nausea's in it. Oh. Uh, there's you've got. Uh, the guy who did the song in uh, the first Spider Verse film. Uh, can't remember his name. Uh, he's in, he's. Oh, well, I can't, it doesn't matter. But you got all these people. But the best, the best performances are by these four teenagers, and they are so incredibly good. At the, it's funny. It makes me laugh. It made me laugh numerous times. Uh, the fight. Oh, Ice Cube. Oh well, Ice Cube. Yeah, he's in it. I wouldn't even think about him. But Ice Cube's in it. He's the villain in this thing. He's great. Oh. Uh, but you got all these great performances, and they're the best parts. And the fight scenes are some of the best fight scenes. I will say this. They're probably the best fight scenes I've seen all year. They are that wow. good. Uh, and one fight scene in particular, there's this oh, one. Po- post post Yeah, post I'll, I'll, I'll quit interrupting. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> I just can't remember who it was. But there's one fight scene in particular where Splinter is involved, and Splinter is voiced by Jackie Chan in this film. And they do something absolutely brilliant because they could have just animated Splinter fighting. They could have just said, we'll just uh, have him fighting these guys and we'll just animate however we want. But if you've ever seen a Jackie Chan film, if you're familiar with his work, you know there's a very specific way in which all of his fighting scenes kind of play out. And it looks like that. I mean, as soon as I started seeing him fight, I was like... This looks like a Jackie Chan fight scene. I mean, there are That's just really cool. There are little touches like this throughout the entire film. Uh, the needle drops are fantastic. There's this one like montage scene that they dropped to no diggity, and it is one of the coolest, vibiest scenes I've ever seen. Like, it's just an absolutely fantastic film. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. So, if you haven't seen it, if you want to wait till it comes out on Paramount Plus, I get that. But if you don't mind spending the extra money right now to go ahead and get it, I would highly recommend it. So. All right, uh, that's my lone recommendation for this week. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to catch some other stuff, but we will see. So, uh, anything else you want to add before we sign off? Yeah, appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I will look at those same sentiments, and as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.